0: to another episode of ghost emoji i'm one of your two co-hosts becca
1: i'm taylor the other one yeah the other one so today we are talking about the strange and maybe paranormal but probably not murder of charles walton Ooh. old charlie walton yeah i was looking at it might have been like the Black Dahlia, and I don't remember why this popped up, but it it came up, and I followed a link, and I just kept going, and going, and here we are. Sometimes you just gotta fall down a series of rabbit holes. It hurts, but there's nothing you can do. You just gotta
0: let let it take you. Where I it will. bumped
1: my noggin all the way down. I'm covered in lumps. I'm a lumpy bumpy lady now.
0: Is that part of the paranormal stuff?
1: <laughs> No. (laughs) Does Charlie get covered in lumps and bumps? Nah. I mean, a little bit, but that's not his biggest problem. Well, that's ominous. (laughs) Alright, so there's a handful of sources today. Um, One of them is coolinterestingstuff.com. The other one was an article that I got on the bbc.co.uk. The other one was Wikipedia. Another source was... A podcast called Steve Punt P.I., and then another one was historicmysteries.com backslash Charles Walton. So, just a a smattering, because there's a lot of—it's the same story all around, but sometimes little minute details, as with most folklore-type stuff, are a little tweaked from story to story, so— this was my best amalgamation, and the ones that made sense to me. Sounds good. I'm excited. It's got death. It has pitchforks. It has witchcraft? Maybe?
0: The question mark really intrigues me.
1: <laughs> it has Italians. It has dogs. So it's just a really good party, is
0: what you're telling me.
1: Uh- Okay, maybe not. (laughs) All right. So, Charles Walton, he is a native of a small village, uh, Lower Quinton in Warwickshire. It's in England. He was found murdered on Valentine's night, which I don't know if that's like a thing, if it's just the whole day is Valentine's, but.
0: Well, I feel like it would be weird to say on Valentine's Day night. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So they're probably just trying to cut out the day. So that way you're not saying day night, which is very
1: confusing. And this was in nineteen forty five. Uh his death was under strange circumstances, and they found him at a small farm known as the Furs, which is situated on the slopes of Meon Hill. All right, so a little backstory on uh charles walton he was a widower and he lived in a little cottage with his 33 year old niece edith isabel walton um, who he had adopted 30 years previously when her mother died Um, in the village everyone pretty much knew everyone else it was a small little town um, and everyone had kind of come to accept that walton had some some strange quirks uh, people said that, like, wild birds would flock towards him and, like, eat seeds right out of his hand. Said he could tame and control wild slash rabbit. You can't do anything with a rabbit dog, so that's a lie. But that basically he could, like, calm dogs with just the sound of his voice. He was very versed in, like, the traditional ways of rural lore. And a lot of people thought that maybe his strange knowledge and abilities had to do with witchcraft like maybe that's why he could like have this interaction with animals and stuff i can't remember if it's somewhere else in here but they also had a uh, stories about him having pet toads and stuff like that so sounds like he's a druid or a ranger or something <laughs> could be it's his animal companion But uh, for the most part, I mean, it seemed like he was just kind of uh, a guy who kind of liked to keep to himself. But despite that, you know, a lot of the stories say that he didn't really have a lot of enemies. People liked him well enough. He just didn't really hang out with anyone, that he kind of was a little bit of a hermit. He walked with a stick because he had really bad uh, rheumatic arthritis, But he still would, like, work occasionally. He took on casual farm work when he could find it. And for the nine months previous to his death, he had been working for a local farmer named Alfred Potter. uh, And his farm was the one known as the Furs. See, Um, initially, uh, the investigation was handled by the local superintendent, Alex Spooner. But a few days into the inquiry, Scotland Yard was contacted and they sent out two senior metropolitan detectives. And that was Detective Superintendent Robert Fabian, who was actually like a very well-known, famous, almost kind of like TV detective. I don't know if he was quite there yet or if this was early in his career, but he was actually relatively well-known. And they also sent out Sergeant Albert Webb, and they came out from London and they were tasked with helping the local investigation. He said that they very quickly came to a dead end and failed to gather sufficient evidence to charge anyone with the murder. They found a couple of different leads that we'll go into later, but none of them actually panned out. The case has earned considerable notoriety because a lot of people believe Walton was killed as a blood sacrifice or part of a witchcraft ceremony or... He was killed by regular people for being a witch himself. Um, The chief suspect was the manager of the FURS, that Alfred Potter guy, that um, Walton was working for, but it was never proven. It's the oldest unsolved murder on Warwickshire constabulary Records. I can't say that word. Constabulary. What a tongue twister. It looks like constable, but then it's got some extra bits on there.
0: Constabulary.
1: Yeah, that sounds like it.
0: I feel like in history, more often than not, people have died for being suspected of witchcraft more than people have been sacrificed because of witchcraft, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So my gut says he was murdered. By like people thinking he's a witch, especially since there were so many rumors around town. Mm-hmm.
1: He just likes animals, God. If they're scared of witchcraft or whatever, they're not gonna do witchcraft to him because then they'll be the next ones to be, you know, executed for witchcraft or whatever. I mean and this is nineteen forty five. It's yeah. It's kind of the time I would hope that we were past it, but maybe not.
0: I I don't want to give them too much credit. Also, the fact that, like... It would mean he'd have to have, like, a coven, and I feel like... Or whatever. Like, there'd have to be a group that wanted to sacrifice him. Because I don't think just one... Well, I guess one person could overpower him, maybe. He has arthritis. Although that doesn't... I mean, I have arthritis. So does my mom. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, so strange events. On February 14th, 1945, which is the date that this happened... Walton left his home with a pitchfork and a slash hook, which is a double-edged pruning implement with a sharpened straight edge on one side and a concave cutting edge on the other. That's an interesting tool. Mm -hmm. So the last time he was seen alive was when two witnesses saw him pass through the churchyard between 9 and 9.30 a.m. Charles was expected to be home by 4 p.m., so when Edith returned home around 6 p.m. and Charles was not there... She began to worry. He had, like, very regular habits and a solitary nature, so she had no reason to believe that he'd just been held up visiting a friend or been at the pub. So, Edith, which is, again, his
1: niece. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And her neighbor, Harry Beasley, together made their way to the Furs to alert Alfred Potter. Potter claimed to have last seen Charles earlier in the day slashing hedges and hill ground, and so the three of them set out in the direction of the spot where Charles had last been seen, and eventually found his body near a hedgerow. Apparently the scene was a shocking one, because the murderer had beaten Walton over the head with his own stick, cut his neck open with a slash hook, and driven the prongs of the pitchfork on either side of his neck, pinning him to the ground. God, that is horrible. Ugh. The handle of the pitchfork had then been wedged under a cross member of the hedge, and the slash hook had been buried in his neck. Man, they really made it count what the
1: hell yeah well that's i couldn't find anything about it but apparently the whole pitchfork thing had to something to do like that's how you kill witches like you have to pin them down but i don't i'm not familiar with that they also said that he apparently was supposed to have like a cross carved in his chest but i think that's made up
0: probably (sighs) gross Mm -hmm. okay
1: I mean, the fact of how brutal it was, given that he was just... I mean, because he was like 70-something years old. He was... Oh, my God. Even though he was relatively spry. Yeah, I mean, he was he was an old man when this happened. Leave him alone. He's old. God. Well, yeah. I feel bad because then his niece found him, and, you know, he had taken care of her since she was like three. He was basically her daughter, or his daughter. The whole thing, like, is strange on his face, but then, I don't know, there's... Just a lot of weirdness surrounding the investigation.
0: So Mayan Hill has been surrounded by strange tales and ancient hauntings for many centuries. Uh, One legend from the 8th century says the devil kicked a boulder from the top of the hill intending to smash the recently built Evesham Abbey, but his angry deed was thwarted by the locals' prayers, and the stone instead fell on Cleve Hill outside of uh, Cheltenham. People there then carved the stone into the shape of a cross to hide- to rid it from evil, uh, from the devil's touch.
1: The devil's touch. Capital D.
0: Capital D. Another version of the tale says that the devil, capital D, <laughs> threw a large clot of earth to smother the newly built abbey. However, the bishop of Worcester saw the devil and- he saw the devil? Wow, okay. And with the power of prayer altered the devil's aim. I want to see that battle just him being like
1: thoughts and prayers man
0: <laughs> thoughts and prayers baby and the devil's just like oh i can't aim my whatever does he have a sword is is it a sword does he have like a ray gun what's he got yes. i need to know the, the I need... devil
1: or the bishop
0: the deed the devil the bishop is just
1: armed with his prayer oh he's got a large clot of earth That he's looking to toss on top of it. Yeah,
0: just a big blob of mud. Oh, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, I read that. Why (laughs) didn't I absorb that? A large clot of earth. God, you've got everything at your fingertips, Satan, and you choose a large clot of dirt. It's really big. (gasps) Meryl says hi.
1: Hi, kitties.
0: Okay, so I'm going to (laughs) continue now. So he... Fucks up the devil's aim, and in this version, the clod of dirt fell short of its target and formed Mayon Hill.
1: Which is where What's-His-Face was murdered.
0: Yes. So it's a cursed place, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) There's also a legend that phantom hounds of the Celtic King Arwen hunt the hill at night. The king was the lord of departed spirits who would hunt to gather souls, riding a pale horse and accompanied by a pack of white hounds with red ears. Mysterious black dogs have also been sighted in the area on many occasions. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. They (laughs) lied. All right. So, while they were looking into Walton's death, a strange event came to light involving the murder of 80-year-old Ann Tennant 70 years prior. So, this is back in 1875. And people talk about it having a lot of similarities to his death, and it happened in a not the exact same town, but very, very nearby. Um, on September 15th, 1875, at about 8 o'clock in the evening, Anne Tennant left her house in Long Compton to buy a loaf of bread. And on her way back, she met some farm workers returning home from harvesting in the fields. Uh, one of the group was a uh, local man named James Haywood, who had known Anne's family for a long time. Uh, Haywood was seen as something akin to a village idiot, a lot of people really didn't take him seriously. He had also been drinking. And then, without warning, he attacked Antenna with a pitchfork. They say that he pinned her to the ground and then he began stabbing her in the legs and head with the pitchfork. But I've, <sighs> I know, these pitchforks, man. But from what I've heard, the pinning thing might be apocryphal, something that's kind of been added on. He did like attack her and stab her, but the pinning is not necessarily accurate um, a local farmer named taylor it's me heard the commotion and <laughs> ran to ann's aid uh, he restrained haywood until a constable arrived and then ann was taken to her daughter's house but she unfortunately died from her injuries that evening um, haywood claimed that ann was a witch and that there were other witches in the village whom he intended to deal with in the same way he was taken to trial for murder he was found not guilty on the grounds of insanity, and he actually spent the rest of his life in Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum. Um, and he's recorded as dying there in 1890, when he would have been, I guess, about 59 years old. So they found out about that. And of course, that's kind of a some strange parallels, but a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, uh, Detective Alex Spooner, which I also saw listed as Alex Spooner. With a C, he said that he um da, 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 da. oh he found this book from 1929 called Folklore, Old Customs, and Superstitions in Shakespeare Land, and it had some book in it or some story about in 198 or in 1885, which is 10 years after Aunt Tennant died, that a young plowboy who was also named Charles Walton had met a black phantom dog on his way home from work on several nights in succession. I read that it was, like, some accounts say nine days in a row. And then on the last occasion, the dog had been accompanied by a headless woman, like, Spectre or something. And then that night when the boy went home, he learned that his sister had died.
0: You know what else appears on, like, do you know what else, like, has black dogs appear on it? What? What? Ley lines.
1: Oh, yeah, they do.
0: It makes me wonder if this is like a ley line because of all the weird shit that happened in this area. It could be. Just saying. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our episode on lay lines, you should.
1: There's some weird stuff in there.
0: There's some weird shit.
1: So that's why it takes it back to the whole little Charles Walton, the small mm. guy or whatever. He apparently saw a black dog in that area. So it wasn't uncommon.
0: Even today, the inhabitants of the Quintons claim that phantom black dogs roam the area and are a harbinger of death. Um, And it's claimed that soon after Walton's murder, a black dog was found hanging from a tree close to the murder scene. While the chief police investigator himself wrote that he encountered a black dog while walking at dusk on man Hill, the dog ran past him. And shortly afterwards, he met a local boy walking in the same direction. He asked the boy if he was looking for his dog, but when he mentioned the animal's color, the boy turned a deathly pale and fled in the opposite direction.
1: Bye. Bye. I'm outie. I gotta go. All right. So, witchcraft and rumors. The two reports that Fabian wrote on the case in 1945, and um, those are the ones that are preserved in the police file, they don't make any mention of witchcraft, ritualistic killing, black dogs, natterjack toads, or blood... Blood sacrifice. The blood. The blood. Uh, I want your blood. However, 25 years later, he wrote the following. I advise anyone who is tempted at any time uh, to venture into black magic, witchcraft, shamanism, call it what you will, to remember Charles Walton and to think of his death, which was clearly the ghastly climax of a pagan rite. There is no stronger argument for keeping as far away as possible from the villains with their swords, incense, and mumbo-jumbo. How dare? (laughs) It is prudence on which your future peace of mind and even your life could depend. So I, I think maybe later on he was kind of like, I could write a really good book and talk about how it was definitely witchcraft, even though in the beginning I did not believe that. Um, among the theories and rumors that surround this case in subsequent years are the following. Um, it was claimed that locals believed that Walton was a witch whose powers were feared by some villagers. Uh, it was claimed that he could cast the evil eye and kept natterjack toads as pets and use them to blight the crops and livestock of local Local farmers. Um, two examples cited were the failure of the 1944 harvest and the death of Potter's heifer on February 13th. So that's the dude that he was trimming the hedges for. His mm-hmm. heifer, like, died the day before. Um, it was claimed that this alleged witchcraft led him to be murdered in a ritualistic manner, which involved his blood soaking into the ground to replenish the soil's fertility.
0: Meryl keeps walking by and purring into the, the mic. <laughs> I can so hear that's it. a treat for you for later. <laughs> you can just keep it in.
1: There's those two. And then the last little bit that apparently tied into witchcraft was not until August. 1960, so this was quite a while later. Um, The outhouses behind the cottage rented by Walton were being demolished, and a workman spotted something glinting and discovered an old tin pocket watch. They later identified it as Walton's, which was actually, I guess, pretty significant because the only thing that was missing from his body when he was found was this watch Which he apparently always had on his person. And so they were like, whoever did this murder probably took it to make it look like it was a robbery or something. Even though that's definitely overkill for robbery. They think that it was Potter, the guy that he was working for, for whatever reason. They never really established a good motive. But they were like, he could have taken that and then thrown it in the outhouses back behind. Hmm. Anyway, so when they found the watch, there was a piece of colored glass inside, and they said that while he was alive, Walton never let this watch out of his, his possession. And villagers reckoned that the glass was witch glass, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Um, but it's used. Sounds fake. <laughs> it's used to absorb or deflect evil thoughts aimed at its owner. Uh, police revealed that during the early days of the investigation, they searched the same place and found nothing there. I mean,
0: what's so wrong with that? Like, absorb and deflect evil thoughts aimed at its owner. I mean, I don't know. Sounds like fake. (laughs) Sounds fake to me. If it was real, I'd be covered in it from head to toe. Um, so myths. It's often reported that Tennant's neck was slashed with a billhook like Charles Walton's. But other than the pitchfork, that's the only similarity. And then some people report that Charles Walton who was murdered was the same as the child in the story with the black dog, but the ages of he and his siblings don't add up. So that's not true either.
1: Mm-hmm. It'd be a good story. I mean, the fact that they had the same name is kind of wild, but yeah, I think the black dog is the only thing that kind of ties it to the area.
0: Yeah. That. And I mean, again, there were only like what, six names you could name your baby at the time. So it was either John or Charles, John, Charles,
1: Gregory, Greg, Benjamin, <laughs> That's like four names though. Yeah, I said there's six. Oh, what's the other two?
0: There's like six male names and then like six female names as we all know, like
1: Mary, Margaret, Emily, Sarah. Yep. That's it. That's all you
0: get. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways, so this is regarding the report <laughs> the reporter from BBC who wrote an article called Uncovering Warwickshire's Sinister
1: Secret. To be fair, I could this had no name on it, which I was so annoyed by, because I'm like, it's on the BBC website, but there's no byline for this article.
0: BBC doesn't have writers. BBC is only BBC. <laughs>
1: but someone, because I mean, they talked about how they actually went out and, like, you know, talked to people, and they kept using the word I, and I'm like, give me a name.
0: It's the royal I. <laughs> BBC.
1: It's about how it works. Yes. BBC
0: is BBC. Uh... The landlord of the college arms, Tony Smith, said he could tell me nothing, revealing a lot about the community feeling, but nothing about the details. He said, I can't talk to you about that. After 17 years of running this place, I know there are some things we don't talk about. Talking about it would upset people, and there's no sense in alienating people in a small village like this. There are no relatives of Charles Walton left in the village, and people that might have known what happened are all dead or gone. Thanks for nothing, Tony Smith. <laughs>
1: it's like we just don't talk about it.
0: We just don't talk about it we just ignore all we just push it down deep, 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 you compress it. you compress all those worries and fears
1: into a little diamond of
0: nervousness and hatred.
1: Oh, but this is England what this isn't Ireland that the Irish were supposed to they just push it down and push it down. That's what Karen told me.
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean, that it's true as an Irish person, yes, but also probably English people, too.
1: This one, I I left it in because when I was looking up, like, the myths and stuff that's been disproven, one of them said that the people in the town are, like, very tight-lipped and won't talk about it and that they had, like, blocked a bunch of the investigation when it was going on because they were like, no, that's not true. They were very forthcoming and they helped, but... The person who wrote this article, this nameless, faceless BBC goon. BBC is BBC. (laughs) Um, And the guy, what was his first name? Steve Punt, P-I. Oh, man, I
0: wish my last name was Punt. Punt.
1: But he, he went and he said that everyone was kind of like, you know, they would talk to him, but no one was like super, super forthcoming. It was kind of, you know, they were like, oh, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. And they were a little bit short with them. I don't know. It seemed like most people who do try to talk about it, they're just like, no, I mean, we've already said everything we can say. There's nothing to be done. Is this real life
0: Rosemary's baby?
1: I don't know. All them witches. Well, it kind of gave me a feeling, kind of like a Wicker Man Mm, feeling. Yeah, that too. Where like, you know, it's just a little town and something's a little bit off, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And then everything goes to shit.
0: (laughs) And then suddenly a pitchfork's through your neck, you're being stabbed in the legs and head, and they're accusing you of having witches glass on you.
1: But I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like there was a lot of of explanations for what could have happened, even though the, the motive isn't really there. But I don't know why everyone was so tight-lipped around Fabian, because you think that they would want to help, so that way they don't think everybody's witches – Because, you know, he thought it was Potter because his fingerprints were on the billhook or whatever. And he was, like, one of the last people to see him alive in the field. But they said that, one, he didn't have a reason to do it. And his explanation was that when he was checking to see if he was still alive that he had touched the billhook. And that's why his fingerprints were on it. And so they were like, okay, I guess you're good. Um, And they also thought that, because I guess not too far away, because this was still during the war, World War II, there was an Italian POW camp not too far away. And I guess they would like let them out during the day or something Mm. like that. But that they had come across one of them like scrubbing blood out of his clothes in a ditch not too far away. And they're like, ha ha, it's this dude. He did it. And they sent the shirt off to get tested. And it turned out it was like rabbit blood or something like that. Like it didn't match. Or that's what the guy said it was. He said it was rabbit blood because he had been hunting rabbits. I don't know how involved that was because that's a lot to get blood all over your shirt.
0: I don't know if rabbits have that much blood (laughs) in their little bodies.
1: But either way, it it didn't match Charles Walton. So I don't know. It just seems like for such a small town, it's strange that no one would have seen someone if they're this, like, put off by outsiders, it had to have been someone in the village. Yeah. So, there is a graveyard, but surprisingly, if you go in there, Charles Walton doesn't actually seem to have a grave in the churchyard, which I guess kind of goes if they thought he was a witch, but I don't know if they actually thought that or not. Um, The graveyard has a very small number of headstones, which is a reflection of how small the community is. There isn't A headstone for this person that was apparently very well-liked, if not quiet, but a well-known guy in the community. And this was the reporter from that BBC article um, said that they found a very small half-hidden stone with the initials CHW, so maybe Charles-something-Walton, but there were no dates or other details on it, and... There was a site user for the BBC I guess who reached out and said that the reason that he doesn't have a gravestone is because it was destroyed by a relative who became upset by the media visiting his grave on the anniversary of his murder each year jeez yeah because the town is fairly well known for this like I mean they know about it even though you know it's a couple generations gone so there aren't very many people left who were there when it happened you know but they're not quite embracing. It's not like the Mothman where they're like, all right, this is our deal. This is our gig. We haven't had a murder here since ever. <laughs> 1945. Meryl. Meryl, what you doing?
0: She's just sitting here trying to catch the mouse No. Oh. on the screen. Oh. I don't have the heart to move her, though, because she got shots today.
1: Poor baby. And she's...
0: She's feeling very affectionate. She let me like hold her in the car and let me pet her. Oh and my god. Yeah, you can imagine. So <laughs> it's been a very emotional day for both of us.
1: No, the cat purring is it's nice. It's relaxing. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: I didn't think she would be up here.
1: No, it's fine.
0: Normally, she doesn't come up here, but she's feeling very needy. And so I was like, I left the door open. And then once she was up here, I'm like, I'm not going to pick her up and move her because she's been acting pitiful.
1: Oh. yep, I know, Bubby. Sweet baby angel. But that's what I've got on Charles Walton. What do you think? I mean, sounds like
0: the townspeople murdered him for being a witch and are just
1: like, we didn't do anything. It's a mystery. Who could have done such a thing? I I don't know. It's just the brutality of it. Like, part of me was like, it had to be someone, maybe someone he didn't know. Because if everyone knew him and liked him, I feel like it could have been that Potter guy. Maybe they just had, like, a disagreement or something, and he just let it get away from him.
0: That's also very possible. Like, I feel like... It's either him or collectively the town was like, surprise, we're actually witches and we're going to sacrifice you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are my theories.
1: But just the fact that it's never been solved, especially yeah, what's his face, Fabian or whatever, who's supposed to be like top-notch detective.
0: Fabian.
1: You know, coming as big city cop and he's like, this will be easy, you know, I've got it, here's the solution. And then everything comes back and doesn't really fit. gonna be a piece of cake yeah you wish well what have you done or seen that is spooky and cool this week i've been playing
0: monster prom
1: the dlc anyone in there anyone special yeah (laughs) (laughs) i
0: actually like both of them zoe is like a tentacle monster uh who's really into fan fiction And I appreciate and respect that about her. What's not to love? And then my favorite is Calculester. He's a robot man with a TV for a head and he has like the emoticon like drawings (laughs) for his face when he has like feelings like the colon and then the D is when he's happy and he says stuff like, "I am happy," and what else? uh oh, he'll also say oo woo," which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> he wears a good jacket and a Hawaiian t shirt and honestly, I would die for him
1: what does what does he go for in a partner?
0: He likes when you're a nice person so and and he also likes like logical conclusions, hmm. so I really liked him. Like That game was so hard. It is so hard. I had to play so many times to try and get all of his endings. He has like a virtual reality ending, which was really good, but also kind of kinky. Ooh. And then um, he also had a meaning of life ending, which was very sweet because he also really loves – he takes care of plants and he has succulents. And he's just a good boy. And he names them things like um, Plant Jolina, Jolie. <laughs> Uh, just some other thing. He's just cute. Yeah, I, I love him very much, and if you haven't played Monster Prom, it's on Steam, and it's not very expensive. And it's just, like, a silly dating simulation where, basically, like, you're asking these monsters to prom, but you're all over 18, because otherwise the, like, raunchiness would be very inappropriate. But there's, like, a ghost named Polly for Poltergeist, and a jock that's a werewolf and just a lot of different kinds of characters and it's fun i really like it i always play as uh brian or green it's a good
1: game i like playing as what's his name ozzy the void dude uh yeah oz is cool i want to be the void
0: he's a sweet boy
1: and then, oh, I also watched Hereditary
0: and it was really fucking good.
1: I'm so glad that you, I know you had read the wiki about it, but I'm glad that you actually have seen it now.
0: I had wanted to watch it months ago, but Ryan was like, no, I want to watch it together. But every time I suggested it, he was like, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And so I finally just started it and he's like, what are you watching? And I was like, uh, Hereditary? <laughs> And he was like, I thought we were going to watch it together. And I was like, you never want to watch it. And I don't have time. I got to watch it now.
1: We're not going to live forever.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Mm. What was your favorite part? Um, mm, That's hard. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, favorite part is a stretch. I think the best part was honestly like...
1: We're probably... I mean, we might say spoilers. So I would say skip ahead a few seconds. I wasn't gonna
0: spoil it. I was just gonna say when when she basically has the Rosemary's Baby esque realization that sudden that sinking feeling where you're just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that part was really good.
1: The part that freaked me out really bad in the theater was I'm blanking. What was the son's name? Uh, Peter. Peter. Okay, yeah. The part that freaked me out the worst was towards the end when it's Peter's room. And it's like really, really dark. And he wakes up and the mom is like in the corner of the ceiling of the room. She's in there too? Yeah. Because she's in the corner
0: when he comes downstairs.
1: Yeah, no. And that freaked me out. No, there's a part where in the movie, it's one of those like in a video game when they ask you to adjust like the darkness on your monitor or whatever. It's like you look at it long enough and as your eyes adjust to it, you see that she's like up in the corner like a fucking spider. Just in the corner. And I remember in the movie theater just going, Oh, no. (laughs) Because he, like, doesn't see her. And, like, just the dread, like, crawling stuff always kind of freaks me out. And it was one of those, like, where it was a very quiet terror because, like, he doesn't see it. He's obviously, he feels like something is wrong because he's walking around, but he doesn't see it. And she doesn't, like, jump down on him or anything. But then it cuts back and she, like crawls, like, out of the room, away from him, and that's, I guess, when she goes downstairs, but but yeah, there's just a lot of unsettling imagery, but that's the one where, like, when I wake up at night, if I think about it too much, I'm just, like, trying to look really hard at the walls of my room, because our bedroom (laughs) our walls are all black, so (laughs) it's especially very dark when it's dark out. So my question is this
0: is a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear spoilers, maybe skip ahead, like, a minute. So was it, like, whatever, you know, demon or Time on. thing that- Yeah, was he possessing the mom, and then the reason she killed herself was so he could possess- What's his face? hmm Okay,
1: that's what I thought, because I was like, so it passed from Charlie- It's the same reason Charlie had to die is because it has to, like, release him out. When her grief was amplified or whatever over the husband, because like she freaks out when he gets killed and then the light or whatever like centers in on her and she goes completely calm again. It's because he's in there.
0: Creepy. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just wanted clarification. Mm-hmm. And then
1: when Peter falls out the window,
0: it does it again. Okay. Okay. That makes so much more sense.
1: Yeah. Cause you hear, you hear that noise of her, of her head hitting the ground, Gross. which is also just. Very visceral. That was a very rough scene, because Ryan was like, well, is it gory? And I was like, yes, but also... The parts of it that are gory are extremely, like, they're concentrated. They're spread out. Because there's the scene with Charlie, which is extremely upsetting. And when they show her remains, that's a gory. The part, I mean, even the part where the mom cuts her own fucking head off, I mean... There's not a lot of blood or anything, it's just the sound and, like, the fact that you're letting yourself, like, visualize it. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess, like, when he gets, when he breaks his nose and stuff, like, there's some parts with blood or whatever, but it's just... Hmm.
0: Also, the part where, like, in the beginning where... The mom is like, Grandma was so crazy. She was crazy about you. She loved you so much. Remember, she would, you know, she wouldn't even, she would want to feed you. She'd be like, you don't need to feed her. I'll feed her. And and you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. But, you know, you're thinking like baby food. And then you see the little scene of the grandma getting her breast out to feed the baby and you're just like oh no okay so we're talking like a level 16 fucking weird yeah we're not talking like a a three on the scale
1: Mm -hmm. well and then like all of the kind of like inferred stuff about like her family you know because it was it was it her her brother that she said was schizophrenic or her dad
0: her brother um died by suicide because he he uh, was convinced that their mom was putting people inside of him, which obviously was probably true. And so he wasn't actually a paranoid schizophrenic; he was just being like possessed by this cult, essentially. Yes, but just which is very sad.
1: Ooh, what a ride! But that's out now. So if you've if you've got the guts, it's very good. I don't know. I really liked it. I know some people were like, "I don't even get it. It's not that scary." And I to them, I say. What are you talking about? What do you mean it's not scary? It's It's very scary.
0: scary. They probably, like, jump out scares, though, so who should listen to them? Nobody. Nobody.
1: Now, uh, part of me is like, I'm still not ready, and I don't want to watch just parts of it. I know when I watch it, I want to watch the whole thing, but part of me wants to just check out that one scene and see if it's as scary as I remember. Maybe if I confront it again. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Well, you know what wasn't a scary movie and was bad was The Prodigy. I already posted about it on our Instagram, where you can follow us along with Twitter. But uh, The Prodigy that just came out was basically like a, a secular The Omen, a kid sort of possessed, and the parents being like, what do we do? He's our son. But it's got weird plot holes, and the acting is bad, and it's just, don't waste your time. Don't father
0: i'm glad you saw it because i wanted to but i was also sort of like every time there's a movie with like a little kid in it i'm like it's gonna be the same dumb tropes and the same just a little kid singing a <laughs> lullaby i just can't anymore i those days are over i'm done with that now
1: possession can be done good though like as evidenced uh, in hereditary but not the prodigy um, one thing I did, like, the other day I saw on Twitter, there's this lady that does scary little, like, web comics, and I wanted to shout her out. I'll probably retweet her on our Twitter, too, just cause sometimes that's easier. But her, uh, tag is Skeleheim? It's S-K-E-L-E-H-I-M-E. So maybe, like, Skelahime, I don't know. But she just put out one called Stanley Needs a Nest," which is like a weird, scary story about like a a digi pet like a little gigapet or whatever that she finds from when she was a little kid and I don't know so many of her little comics and she has a lot of them on her Twitter, but they have a very kind of creepy pasta feel, but her drawing style is really cool, and I don't know they're just it's very good so I wanted to give that a shout-out. Spoopy. Spoopy. I just followed her on Twitter. Do it. Well, I think that's it on this. The strange murder of Charles Walton and all of our, our wrecks. Get wrecked. Get wrecked. Uh, thank you for listening. We always appreciate the the likes and, and follows. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. You can email us questions, stories, whatever you feel like at uh ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on iTunes. We're on Spotify now for sure. Yeah. Uh the best way to help our followers grow is to tell a friend, leave a good review, and uh and yeah. I ran out of steam. You you
0: <laughs> took it to its logical conclusion. So Choo I mean... choo
1: choo 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 choo
0: Chug a chug a chugga a chug a two
1: This So uh, the last station, everybody off, get out, get the fuck off, and say goodbye. I'm tired. Yeah, uh, as, as we say all every time, always remember to say say goodbye.
0: Oh no, she's gonna pretend fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh, <God>. Bye. <laughs>